Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is Inspiring Sports Stories with Tim Gossage on SEN. Thanks to Bower and O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. Over the next hour, we're going to chat with what I would describe as one of the most inspiring sports people I've ever met in my time in journalism. And I talk of Priya Cooper. Thanks to Bower and O'Day because the little things are everything. The list of achievements through Paralympics, through Hall of Fame, through OAMs, through sports medals, the list of achievements is unbelievable and incredibly successful and a beautiful woman to boot. Priya, appreciate your time and you are inspiring, so I'm going to get that out straight away. You are one of my all-time favourites over a long period of time of covering sport. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and it's been a long time. <laughs> we go back. We go back, and we were chatting before we started recording today's inspiring sports stories. We go back to the early nineties when you were just a teenager and you were preparing to go to your very first Paralympics in Barcelona. And um, I was a very much a young foot, uh, footy reporter, sports reporter for Channel Ten, and I reckon I was one of the very first that did an interview with a very young Priya Cooper back then. I think you were. You came to my school. And actually, it's so funny because we had a reunion the other day, well, a couple of months ago, and all the girls, so it was at St. Bridget's, and all the girls remember you coming. And they're like, <laughs> remember he came and did the interview? And, <laughs> and, yeah, that was my very first interview. And it was, it was I was terrible. <laughs> You were, fan- you were fantastic. Oh, gee, thanks. Thanks very much. You were fantastic. <laughs> I was terrible. <laughs> but I tell you what, it was, and you'd you'd carved out uh, a wonderful sporting career, junior sporting career at that stage, but that's when it certainly was elevated to another level for you, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I didn't really realise, I guess, um, when it was the Barcelona games, I sort of thought, oh, yeah, I'll go bit of a swim meet <laughs> um, and I'll go and see what happens. And then when I got back, um, it really kind of kicked in that, like I started speaking. So, you know, I started doing public speaking and I met Cherie Gardner, um, unfortunately the late Cherie Gardner, um, when I was 18 and she started looking after me for speaking and then it just started taking off. And I realised that actually this is kind of the trajectory of my life. I thought I was going to just go back to uni and be a school teacher, um, but didn't happen. <laughs> Incredible. And we're talking to Priya Cooper. Now, Priya, you know, a Paralympian. Uh, and again, it wasn't, it's not just about all of that. It's about everything else you've achieved in the world. You're a mother, of course, uh, as well, and, and, and working business and, and through charity. You're very philanthropic as well. I just want to ask you, so born with cerebral palsy, um, and cerebral palsy is in my family. My, my, my sister, Melanie, oh. has a young boy, Toby, who is, um, who has cerebral palsy. But... Um, 
Tell us a bit about the upbringing and and the and the and being a, a young girl and a baby with cerebral palsy. How it affected the whole family. How it was as life started, even before sport became a part of your everyday. Um. Okay. So yeah, I I, I was born with CP and. It didn't, I think I was about 12 months old and I was walking up on my toes. And, and in those days, my mum thought I was going to be a ballerina. So that's another whole story. Um, but it, I was always encouraged to just do everything. So I actually was, you know, I played netball. I was telling, um, I think I was telling Clint the other day that, um, you know, I played netball and I and I couldn't do most of the positions, but they put me in GK because they thought I didn't have to move that much. But I now know that when Olivia plays netball, you actually have to be very strong as a GK. <laughs> <laughs> so I can see why that didn't work. Um, but anyway, um, so I end up being the captain and doing the oranges, but I was happy with that. <laughs> but <laughs> um, that was the start of my captaincy. Um, but... Yeah, I was just always encouraged to do as much as I could, you know, like do everything and try everything. Um, and the CP, I just, I, back in those days, it was just not as as well known, you know, like it just wasn't as seen. Um, so I didn't really understand um, that there was any limits, which was a good thing, um, but it's better these days that it's much more um, visible. It is. So tell us a bit about growing up with CP and your friendship group and as you talk about, you know, the acceptance of someone who had a disability like yourself because beautiful speaker, beautiful looking, strong, robust, tried everything. Uh, just tell us a bit about, you know, how it – was it difficult? Was it difficult to live with? Was it difficult to explain to your school colleagues and your friends? Do you remember back those days of – of having CP and what that was like dealing with it and, and answering questions you probably didn't have answers for? Um, it wasn't it wasn't too bad. I, I had times and I, I had, you know, there was times that it was hard and, like, particularly around sort of 14, 15, you know, that sort of age group and... Um, Whenever I was doing doing stuff, but I was I was very um, no I've I've still got the same friends. Um, it was it was sort of just accepted. It was it was hard um, sometimes because I was walking in those days, and you know just everyone's running around doing lots of different things. But I was pretty outgoing. Um, I did some stupid things. Um, <laughs> I did some silly things. Um, like jumping, climb, climbing up on a roof and jumping into a pool. Um, but <laughs> clever. Yep, yep, pretty dumb. Um, don't tell my kids that one. Um, <laughs> but I was quite adventurous, so I think that kind of helped. Um, and one of the challenges is that so Harry also has CP, um, and it's just about trying to 
um, encourage him to be that adventurous as well. Yeah, Harry, uh, your boy. So, so tell us. So you've so you learnt your life lessons that you now share with Harry and and the like. But again, you talk about it. It's it's so such so more visual now, isn't it? And we're so much more aware. And yeah. For, and for yeah. the and for the want of a better word, Priya, we're almost we're so much more accepting of disabilities now in the one the workplace, but in life uh, in sporting. And as you say, if you had your time over again, if you were Priya Cooper now starting out, the the world is so much different. Oh, so different. It's so different. It was it was it was quite funny because um, when I commentated Tokyo, um, and that sort of changed. So Ellie Cole um, and the and the like, not just Ellie, but uh, you know she was a very big spokesperson for it. That pay parity um, for the Paralympians. Um, in Tokyo, and uh, it was it was quite funny because <laughs> I was commentating out of Melbourne, um, and um, my, I rang my husband. I was like, "Wow, this is amazing! You know, it's amazing that they've got the same pay for the medals." And <laughs> the only comment he had was, "Ring, ring the." I think it was Albanese at the time. I'm not sure, <laughs> but ring, ring him. And ask him for back pay. Yeah, re- retrospective, <laughs> retrospective payment. Yeah, I'm like that won't happen. <laughs> uh, so Priya, uh, we uh, just w- when we talk about um, you talked about when you you know got you got to an age where everyone was doing stuff and you were doing some crazy stuff. Did you do the crazy stuff to seek acceptance? Did you do crazy stuff because that was just you, or did you do crazy stuff because you wanted to keep up with your mates? No, I just was crazy. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah, no, I just it was just because everyone was doing it, so I was like, well, why not? So you didn't get down in the dumps about, you know, having CP and, you know, not being able to run the fastest 100 metres, as much as, you know, all those sort of things. But, you, again, we're going to go into your sporting career in a moment, but we're just sort of setting it up here in Inspiring Sports Stories for Baron O'Day because um, I can imagine there's there's some times you go, oh, you know, and, and we see it with everyone in, in the days, oh, I wish I could be doing that. But you made good out of not being able to do what a lot of other people could do. Uh, and, and were there times, though, that it was tough? Yeah, yeah. There, there was uh, not a lot, um, not a lot that I can remember. There was a few times in, in primary school that, you know, like I was teased and things like that. And um, and But I, I just always had this different attitude that, that you know, just leave me alone and I'm okay. Um, but it might have been survival, who knows. <laughs> and then about, yeah, 14, year nine, which is hard for now I know because I've had <laughs> I've had two go through, um, but year nine was, was hard um, because I just think it was just a hard year anyway um, and just the acceptance was, was a bit of a fun time. But I think that was probably for everyone. Um, we were all going through our own stuff, um, and I just had an extra layer. But um, it's probably I'm probably you know finding it harder a little bit now because just aging um, with CP is is a bit harder. 
go. We'll touch on that very, very shortly. Priya Cooper is our guest. Uh, uh, her uh, war chest of achievements is unbelievable. Her uh, The bouquets through sport and also post-sport are never-ending. Inspiring sports stories you're listening to. Thanks to Baron today because the little things are everything. And after the break, we'll get to the Paralympics. We'll get to the wins. We'll get to the great moments and the downtimes as well. This is Inspiring Sports Stories. Priya Cooper, our guest. This is Inspiring Sports Stories with Tim Gossage on SEM. Thanks to Bower and O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. One of the most decorated Australian sports people of my generation. Now I talk of Priya Cooper, a three-time Paralympic star, including the Sydney 2000 Games as well. So let's get in the pool. When did you start swimming and why did you start swimming? I started swimming at quite a young age for therapy. Um, it was like a hydrotherapy thing at, at PMH, actually. Um, and, yeah, like it was just, it was just, and we had a backyard pool, um, but it was just like freedom um, for me. I quite enjoyed it. Um, I could do stuff, I could do, I could do handstands, um, which I couldn't do out of the water. Um, and, yeah, it was just... I just really enjoyed it, but it wasn't until I was in school um, that there was a swim squad, you know, like we had, there was a, at St. Bridges, there was this really dodgy sort of six lane pool out the back, Um, (laughs) not like what they have now. And, um, and yeah, there was a swim squad. So I was like, what sport could I do? Because there was lots of different sports to do. And I was like, oh, well, I might join the swim squad which was an interesting decision because I hate mornings, as you've just found out. <laughs> I am just not a morning person. Um, and, yeah, and so I joined that. And it was it was hilarious because, you know, it, sometimes it's good to be special um, because they gave me my own lane. <laughs> they were like, oh, you can have that lane to yourself. So there, were, like, so there were no other swimmers in the group that had a disability. You're the only one. I didn't know anyone with a disability. Like, no, there was no one at my school as far as I knew back then. Um, so, yeah, it was – and I, I just competed with – and I think that was um, – I think that was a, a really good thing. I, I just had to compete with all, you know, the able-bodied – Swimmers, and then I joined Maida Vale Swimming Club, which is because I think you, with that first interview, you came up to my school, and then we also went down to Maida Vale because mm-hmm. I can remember that as well. Um, but I, I competed at Maida Vale and um, just loved it, and was just funnily enough, it was just accepted. Well, may I say, your first carnival you competed in, you finished sixth in the F Division Fifty Butterfly. Um, well, well, so just may I just mention the 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 butterfly is the one that no one can do, no one can do, and you you obviously made an art form of that because you finished sixth in the F division. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And another funny story. So yeah, that was back then, and you know I was pretty proud of myself. You know they should have made me a tag. I think. Um, but anyway, they, but they didn't, or some sort of medal, even if it was chocolate. 
Um, but they, um, funnily enough, when I got to Atlanta, my coach put me in the 100 metres butterfly and I got a bronze. But I did turn around to him and say, have you, have you noticed that I can't move my legs? <laughs> so it's, butterfly is all about the rhythm and the kick. Correct. <laughs> Correct. So it was all just arms, but, but you learn to adapt. More power to you. More power to you. That is incredible. So it was about competing. And, and what about sort of like coaches? And, and I may ask you talk about, you know, you talk about swim coaches and, and Paralympic swim coaches. Again, the availability of swim coaches and swim coaches that were happy to venture into that space because it's it's would have been you have to be different, you have to be patient, you have to be uh, knowledgeable in regards to your abilities and the like. So, I mean, where did you find a swim coach or which swim coach did you have that you think as a young teenager was going to be the best support network for you? Um, I, I had a few swim coaches and I don't think back then there was not a lot of knowledge, like compared to now, mm. because I know because like watching and talking to coaches that coach Paralympic athletes, there's so much more science to it. You know, there's so much more knowledge of, like, this is your disability, this is what we can do. There was not a lot of knowledge back then on the disability side of things. So you had to have you had to have a coach, and I was lucky enough to have a few coaches that just had the tenacity to just go, you know, let's get in and like do it Mm. um and the disability kind of disappeared in a way um which i don't think was a bad thing because i quite enjoyed that it it gave me the it gave me the um the i guess the encouragement to make sure i tried to keep up with the able-bodied athletes and so I set my goals to make sure that I could lead the lane or touch their feet or you know like whatever so I had to have that in my own mind happened pretty quick Priya I mean you go back so year 12 national events you were you made your first national team uh when you were in year 12 you won 12 gold medals at national events after winning 12 gold medals that is a remarkable transformation and rise to the top of your chosen sport. How did that happen? Was it was it training? Was it your knowledge? Was it your determination? Was it a combination of all of those things? But you were dominant. You were you were the Louise Sauvage of the pool. <laughs> I know. And everyone thinks I'm Louise. <laughs> everyone gets us mixed up, but I go, no, no, I'm the swimmer. I'm the swimmer. And, and my name really... is and my name is different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I remember, can I just say, I do remember in those days, it really was, again, you were uh, the, the, the pioneer, you were the princess of the pool for, you know, for CP, for, for, but for Paralympics and, and, and for those with a, a, a disability. And so was Louise. And, and I remember my boss at the time at Channel 10, Ian Brayshaw, we were as passionate about covering stories on yourself and Louise. And in more day, in more recent times, Ben Popham works here at SEN. He does some uh, radio shifts. Yeah, he's doing really, really well. So he, he's a... He's a he, 
Yeah, we're a big fan of Benny. And um, but you 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 rose prominent very quickly to prominence in regards to being a successful swimmer, not just in Australia but in the world. How did that happen so quick, or did it not happen quick? Um, no, it happened quick. <laughs> um, it, it was it was quite it was very interesting because as I was saying before, I kind of just I was I did training, I did swimming at school and 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 all of that, but I didn't back in those days. I didn't have the knowledge of the Paralympics. I didn't know. I wasn't introduced to any of that. Mm. Um, so, but then I had a school teacher, like a sports teacher that said, you know, you, you might want to try out for swimming with people with disabilities. And, and to be honest, um, I actually turned around and just went, mm, you think? And, and they went, yes, I do. <laughs> I don't wow. know what I was thinking. Who was that teacher, well, just... Priya? Who was that teacher? Oh, I can't remember. Oh, I knew. I knew when I was asking it you weren't going to remember their name. I can't remember the name. Um I think it was Mr. Burns, to be honest, but that's all I can remember. But um, <laughs> we'll go with that. Yeah, we'll go with that. Um, but I can remember the face, and um, and so I did. I, I and back in those days, and they actually they actually made me phone um, Phil Joe's. I think it was Phil Joe's. So we just had the dinner the other night, and I invited a lot of people that. Um, were back in those days because they just mean so much to me because I can actually remember phoning. There was a red phone. It's funny what you remember. There was a red <laughs> phone outside the office, you know, those red phones. And I phoned um, them and they said, yeah, yeah, come down. And I swam and they went, actually, this is kind of like really good. <laughs> and they turned around to mum and said, you know, we're going to, trial her for Barcelona and mum sort of just went oh yeah we'll see how it goes you know and then I was off you were off and when you got to Barcelona the Paralympics as a 17 year old uh, there wasn't easy getting there was it uh, funding was an issue and you know, fundraising was an issue but you you got there through some small donations tell us a bit about that whole experience Barcelona 1992 as a 17 year old yeah it was <laughs> I didn't even know where Barcelona was. <laughs> um, but I was on a plane. I was heading off. Um, I needed an atlas to help me. But um, <laughs> remember those? <laughs> I do. I do. Um, but, yeah, look, it was it was a challenge um, because Paralympics just was not known. So a, a lot of people were, oh, yeah, it's, you know, What's that all about? Was it a novelty? Do you think it was, for the want of a better word, it was a novelty to people? In a, in a way, I mean, it started in 1960. Yeah. So <laughs> so there's there's a lot of um, history. There's heaps and heaps of history. So one of the things that I've now sort of realised, I suppose, is that we we walked on the shoulders of those guys the Frank Ponters and the, you know, um, the the guys that went to the 1960 games and, and all those guys that, I mean, imagine what they, they would have had, you know, Elizabeth Edmondson. Um, she was 14 when she went to her first Paralympics and she's, you know. Um, but, and then we've now got the Bens 
you know, the Bens of this world, mm. Ellie, Ellie Coles um, and all these athletes that also walk, walk on the fact that we set things up as well. And so that's what I really kind of look back on and, and love. We'll take a break and we'll come back. We're going to talk a bit about Sydney and the like and also life after swimming for you as a mum and and the inspiration that you've provided so many as well. Priya Cooper is our guest, Inspiring Sports Stories. Thanks to Bower and O'Day because the little things are everything. This is Inspiring Sports Stories with Tim Gossage on SEN. Thanks to Bower and O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. Priya Cooper is our guest, one of Australia's most decorated sports people of time, a Paralympian, three times, uh, won numerous gold medals and has been uh, well decorated, including being elevated to a legend status at the WA Hall of Champions presentation dinner recently, which you have touched on, saying that you were there the other night. I want to touch back on Barcelona. What an experience it was for you, albeit as as a teenager. Three gold that day, uh, that time, two silver, couple of world records. But you didn't stop there. You were named Paralympian of the Year in 95. You were selected as the captain of the Australian team to go to the Atlanta Paralympics, uh, Sydney, it just kept on happening. Was it just your world? Was it just your world that was all just swimming, swimming, swimming? It became that way. It became that way. I, um, when I, as I was saying, I touched on earlier. I, I got back from Barcelona and I just went. I thought I'll I'm go back to uni, and you know, um, it was funny because I had to actually explain to the university when I had to leave um, where I was going, and they were like. Uh, we don't know. And so I had to get my mum in. Because <laughs> I had to get mum in to battle for me. Um, but when I got back, I just sort of thought, oh, I'll go back to normal. But it just didn't. Yeah, I, I got, I met, as I was saying, I met Cherie. Um, I started speaking. I started training. I changed clubs. Um, but started training, like, you know, twice a day, every day. Um and it was, you know, now we're leading up to 96. It was, this is the journey. Mm. And, um, and that was an interesting experience because um, I, I was trying to balance both, you know, both lives, doing university, swimming, um, and it was, it, that, that was a bit challenging. So what was the priority? You talk about, you know, trying to get out of uni to take, so look, I've just got to go compete. And they didn't quite understand to the enormity of, of where you're probably at in regards to your your competition. But um, did you reap the benefits from it? I mean, I see swimmers today, I'm sure they're counting the money because of what they achieved. And you swam as a Paralympian in a, in a time where, you know, Australia was a pretty dominant swimming nation for the able-bodied swimmers. Uh, did, did, you, did you make a living out of it? Uh, not really, <laughs> um, but I made enough. Um, I was very, very fortunate um, back in those days. Um, it, a bit different to these days, but I, I was very fortunate. I got picked up by the AIS um, quite early and we had enough funding to, to sort of help. Um, but, but no, didn't make a living out of it. I was a very poor uni student <laughs> driving a um, Corona white, very, very, 
rust bucket car. Um, but, you know, but it was enough. You know, I had, I had help um, and I just focused on the swimming. Well, you go back over your record of what you've swum in and, you know, medleys and all sorts of stuff. Did you do it all? Did you do every stroke? I did. The only stroke I never, ever did and I am absolutely hopeless at um, is breaststroke. I can't. I just can't do it. So, But it's in the IM. Um, so if you ever watched any of my individual <laughs> medleys, I'd be out the front, out the front, and then behind. <laughs> and come charging home? And I, hey? And come charging home, storming home? And come charging home because I could do the freestyle. Um, but, yeah, it, that's the only stroke I couldn't do. I could never do individually. I just, I was just hopeless. Well, how, I don't know how why. So, Yeah, exactly. I was going to ask you. You say you don't know why, but, I mean, how, why not? I mean, butterfly for me has just got serious drowning written all over it for me. Um, I can't. I've got to, I can't get up and down my pool. You think you're doing really well, and then you, someone shows you a video of how bad you were. And you, you, your bum's dragging on the ground. Your feet are almost touching the bottom. It's hard on the shoulders. You swallow water. Breaststroke's the easy one. What are you doing, Cooper? No. <laughs> yeah, but not no, because I've got strong arms, so I can get through the butterfly. <laughs> but the, the breaststroke, I just don't. I just don't have it. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I just. I just can't do it. <laughs> hey, you moved, you moved, didn't you? you? You moved to Sydney. How tough was that on, on you? Uh, you went to, of course, with the Sydney Olympics happening in 2000. Did you go to Sydney simply to prepare for those? It was just going to be much easier. Uh, and how was that for you and the family and life? Uh, well, interestingly enough, um, my now husband <laughs> um, had moved over here um, to coach, and he became the assistant coach under my coach, which was ironic. But um, and then we, so he was living here, and I then went. I've got an opportunity because I wanted to work in the media, and that's that's really was my dream since I was seven years old. Um, and I just I met some people at a dinner. Um, and they said, you know, at, in those days, like, go go to Sydney in that lead up to Sydney because there'll be lots of opportunities and and all of that sort of thing. And um, and so I, I I said to I said to Rod, well, I'm going to move to Sydney. <laughs> and so I left everyone and and went over there. And I was scared as anything, but. I met this lady who was actually the um, she was the communications manager for Paralympics, and she goes Bronwyn Campbell's her name, and she was just she is just an amazing woman, and she goes I'll move in with you, and we'll live in Lane Cove because Lane Cove's very leafy, and it's close to the city, and you'll feel safe because mostly old people live there, <laughs> and I was like. Oh, okay. And so we moved into this house, which was an absolute, it was lovely, but a kind of a dump. And um, and and she just, I got accepted into their family. Like they've got five siblings and they're all, you know, and I just got accepted in. So I just had a family instantly. And um, and I just go to training and, and 
and I actually, funnily enough, got a job, like I got sponsored to get a job uh, in Sydney uh, at the Sydney Harbour Foreshore Authority, which looked after the visitors centre in the rocks and, and all that. And um, so I got, I was on the front desk at the visitors centre. And on my very first day, I was there, I'm like, oh my God, I'm working, it's so exciting. And um, someone asked me how to get onto the Harbour Bridge and I was like, <laughs> I was like, I don't know. It's like just there, but I don't know. And they pulled me aside. They're like, okay, I don't know is not the answer. <laughs> when your job is to actually help people and guide people through the city. <laughs> but I'm like, I'm from Perth. <laughs> uh, well, it's funny you, say, funny you mentioned, may I say, Priya Cooper, who is our inspiring, inspiring Sports Stories guest on this edition, thanks to Baron O'Day, is that you said you lived in Lane Cove. I lived in Lane Cove too. I moved to Sydney for a couple of years. I lived on Mowbray Road, which was the main road up to the Great Northern Hotel. And you talk about it being safe. I got held up at Knife Point on a Saturday at five o'clock in the afternoon, walking up to the Great Northern Hotel, got a knife held at my throat for money as I was going up to watch the cockroaches who became the Wiggles. There no. You, there you go. So there's my Lane Cove story for you. Oh, my. I was on, Fo- I think it was Fox Street. Yeah. I was Mowbray Road and the train station. That was me. I don't remember the train. Oh, my God. What year? Uh, 88. Oh, my God. I know. Okay. Maybe not so. Tell me about it. Hey, uh, we're going to get a break away and come back because before we take the break, tell me about Sydney, the whole Sydney Olympics experience, Uh, the Cathy Freeman experience. We know that that was the moment, that was the the moment of, of, of that whole Sydney Olympics and Paralympics. Tell us a bit about your Sydney Olympics experience and Paralympic experience. Um. That was that was an amazing, um, and because I, I was living there, so mm. I was there when the Olympics were on. So mm. it was amazing to be part of um, some of that as well. Um, but um, my Paralympic experience in Sydney was amazing because I had um, all my family there. I had lots of lots of friends were able to come, um, as opposed to other games where it was only just you know my parents or whatever. Um, and so, and so we, I've got a 30-year-old stepson who was seven at the time um, and he came um, with Rod and i never forget it. Like, it's it's just those, you know, the swimming was amazing and I had such a good time. But it's amazing what um, you, you can really remember and it's been great lately just talking about it because um, Zach lives here now. And um, and I can just remember as a seven-year-old, this kid, he literally thought he was the king of the world. Like, he was like, my mum, my, my step-mum is, is Priya. And he'd walk into, there was the Ansett Club, which was just this club that, uh, you know, you'd, everyone would go to after you'd won a medal or, you know, it was for the athletes and for the, you know, I don't know, sponsors I suppose and um and he would just like waltz in he's like hey (laughs) I'm here (laughs) and I just remember and I remember him yelling out in the crowd and I can remember him when I won my gold medal um 
like I could hear his little scream, <laughs> and it was just, it was just those sort of moments that you you really cherish. No doubt, and there's so many moments for you to cherish. We'll take a break and come back and and finish up with life after swimming and and where to now for Priya Cooper. Inspiring sports stories thanks to Baron O'Day because the little things are everything. This is Inspiring Sports Stories with Tim Gossage on SEN. Thanks to Bower and O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. Priya Cooper is our guest. Thanks to Bower and O'Day because the little things are everything. Priya, the list of achievements, uh, sit with me on this. Honours and awards, the 93 Medal of Order of Australia, the OAM, the Australian Paralympian of the Year in 95, Young Australian of the Year for Sport in 1999, Australian Sports Medal in 2000, inducted in the WA Hall of Fame, Hall of Champions, should I say, 2006, inaugural WA Women's Hall of Fame 2011, inducted into the Sport Australia Hall of Fame in 2015. So many more, so much more, so much more. If you could cherry pick one award or one moment, which would it be if you had the top of the if you, had, you go to straight take us straight to the pool room and go to the number one prize? Oh, eh, that's tough. Tough. Um, I'd I'd probably have to say um, the legend status at um, getting elevated to legend. Just the other night, mm. which was, and that's only just happened. So I wouldn't have answered like that before, <laughs> um, because winning Young Australian of the Year was amazing. Because I, it was back in the day, and I was against Pat Rafter and Ian Thorpe, and I, you know, who who would have known that you could win that? Um, but the the legend is, you know, I look at who is inducted as legend in the WA Sports Hall of Fame. Um, and it's it's quite amazing, you know, considering how many sports people and amazing sports people we have um, in WA. Um, being chosen for that is is just amazing. Are you... Are you um, do you look, reflect on your career and say it was... So good. How would you describe it? What's your descriptive word for describing the Priya Cooper sporting career? I'd say fun. <laughs> it was fun. I mean, I had a lot of fun. Like, it was hard work. But I actually, I was, I was a bit of psycho. Like, I actually enjoyed the, I enjoyed the training. Like, I enjoyed being, you know, um, belted around. <laughs> And tired, and but but the other thing I would say is it was that when I was an athlete, it was very, it was very focused. It was it was quite selfish. Um, but it, to be an athlete at that level, you have to have a level of of that because you've got to, you've just got to focus just on that. Um, and I I admire anyone that um, is an athlete that's also a mum because <laughs> it's that would be tough because you do have to really focus on yourself. 
So, um, lo- so, 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 yeah. Well, and you did. So now, are you making up for it? Do you do you do you feel like you're repaying those who supported you through your entire athletics career um, in some way? Because you give a lot back to the sport. You're inspiring, and that's why we're doing today's chat. And and you know, you do provide a lot of motivation through motivational speaking and the like. So, and you're well sought after in that field. Do you feel like your 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 story and your journey is is now time to give back? Uh, yeah, yeah. But I, but I, when I finished swimming and I moved back um, to Perth, I just knew that that was something that I I wanted to do is work with like you know WA Disabled Sports. I'm with Ability um, WA, um, but you know give give back and give sort of I guess inspiration or um, anything I can really to people with disabilities but also to the community like in general um and and provide that knowledge and i sort of i've built up that that career outside of sport now so and it's and it's good. yeah well so you do you do a lot of speaking you're well sought after there of course uh, you're, you sit on a, a number of boards time is busy are you busier now than you've ever been uh yes <laughs> yes um but I can manage it, so like you can manage it um, out, and um, but I, I enjoy it. I, I really enjoy it. So, um, and the kids are getting a bit. Kids are getting older now, so you know we've got a bit more time, and um, we can we can go and you know do what I need to do, and and also have some fun. Uh, where are you at in regards to ticking off bucket list things now that you've uh, you know of course so. Uh, as you said, the kids are older and the, and the career's over. Did you have you ever swum to Rotto? Is that part of the bucket list ticking thing? Have you ever swum to Rotto? Yeah. <laughs> yep, I did that. The whole, I were you in a team or you're on your own? Uh, I did it in. I've done it in a team, a duo. I, the duo I picked Shane Gould. Nice. <laughs> Why would you not? <laughs> Correct. <laughs> I think she got really annoyed with me because I was like, you keep swimming. Like, <laughs> you just keep going. <laughs> um, but And then I did it solo. Um, but my husband did it solo in, I'm just trying to think the year. He did it solo in 2000 and, or might have been 2000 or 2001. He did it solo. And then I was like, and he's not even a long distance swimmer. And so I went, well, if you can do it, and he pulled up pretty badly, actually, afterwards. But anyway, but if I was like, if you can do it, I reckon I can do this. But not thinking that I am absolutely petrified mm. of the ocean. Mm. Mm. Like, absolutely petrified. But, yes, I did I did my best. Furthest I've swum is to the pylon at Cottesloe. I don't go any further than that. That's as far as this fellow will swim. Your husband, Rod, he doesn't have legs. That's hard to swim. Oh, he's got arms. Yeah, I know. And so have you. So have you. And, you, and your legs aren't exactly... exactly and he, and he yeah. floats. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad he does. I'm, I'm glad he does. So so what more? What, what's it, what, what's your focus now? Bringing up the kids and making sure they get off uh, into the world uh, ahead of them, I'm sure. But just tell us a bit about what's, what's, what's the important thing for you? What's the next thing in the Priya Cooper life? Um, I'm still really passionate about um, all my board work. Um, 
and I, I just I really enjoy it and it keeps me you know keeps my brain going keeps me going um, and then travel like I just we've been doing a bit more travel um, Rod's retired so we've been doing you know some some amazing places to see and yeah it's just I just want to explore and enjoy the world well, yeah, so are a lot of it as a, as a, a Paralympian and the like. Where do you keep all your stuff? I mean, you don't have to let the listeners know exactly where it is, but do you have a, a room where you admire all your work? Yeah, there's a room. <laughs> no, we used to have everything up on, a, on our study wall. Like we had all these, you know, different certificates and stuff like that. Then we painted the house and I don't know where they are now. <laughs> oh, don't I'm... tell me you don't know where they all are. Um, but yeah, we we've got a we've got a room where we we keep all all that all that stuff. Ah, brilliant stuff! Well, and there's plenty of it, and there's plenty of it as well. As I mentioned, three time, three Paralympics: Barcelona, Atlanta, Sydney. Of course, plenty of gold, plenty of silver, um, and a few bronze. How do you reflect on bronze? Are some of your greatest swims been bronze? Yeah, that hundred meters butterfly. That hundred meters butterfly was just a shocker, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, but I got bronze, and it was really interesting because um, because I got five gold. Everyone thought like you know, uh, you got bronze. We're really sorry that that went badly. <laughs> I'm like, I know that's what happened, and even people from other countries were coming up and saying, and I couldn't even understand them. They're like, oh, but you could tell they were like, oh. Uh, We're actually quite sorry that you got bronze. Um, but I was like, I'm alive and I got a bronze. Like, you know, it's a hundred metres butterfly. It's ridiculous. Exactly. It's stupid. For, yeah, for someone, to, to, for someone uh, I can't believe it. I can't believe 10 metres of butterfly, let alone 100. Congratulations to you. You are an inspiring sports story. You've uh, been inspiring for a long time through my journalistic career, but uh, through so many, through so many young uh, children and adults with disabilities who, uh, if you put your head down and your bum up and you work hard enough, you can achieve anything and see the world through the exploits of sport, uh, whether it be swimming or on the track or whatever it may be so we appreciate your time you're a wonderful woman and continue to inspire everybody and thanks for joining us today thank you so much yeah there's priya cooper joining us thanks to baron o'day it is an inspiring sports story don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything